welcome back to the Al Dente podcast. Um, this is the second podcast in the last week because we are sticking to our schedule. So thank you so much for tuning in as always. Um, I'm back, Elaine, here on the pod as always. And today we've got a special guest back again. Uh, like I mentioned on the, on the little preview at the end of last week's pod, I've got Calvin Wong back on this pod. Say hi, Calvin. Hello, hello. It's good to be back. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Awesome. So in true social distancing style, this is once again a pod that's recorded over Zoom. Hopefully the recording this time won't sound as rough as last week's. Um, Yeah, we're so sorry about that. But we did run into a problem with one of our recordings and we couldn't really use it. So we had a backup version. But yeah, I was using my headphones on that one. So it looked pretty, sounded not the best at all. But we've kind of figured it out today. So hopefully it sounds good. And thanks always to Chris for um, being a audio wizard as usual so um since it's been a while since we've had calvin on the pod and obviously a lot of things have happened since our very second pod i think that was yeah, recorded way back yeah yeah a couple <laughs> things <laughs> um yeah that was way back in um march so yeah plenty of things have changed a lot of our plans have changed our schedules have changed so um i like to ask this question just during this time since it is such a unique and strange time um calvin how's your isolation been it's been all right actually um (laughs) the last couple of months has been in some ways a much needed break but in some ways not yeah doesn't really feel like i deserve the break um, mm-hmm. But no, it's been good to kind of catch up on things that um, I wouldn't usually have time for, I guess. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> being an honest student and a BDS student, it kind of gives a bit of extra time to sort out all the yeah. research things as well. So, yeah, it's been all right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you guys can't see, but on this Zoom chat, Calvin's hair is quite long. <laughs> oh, you don't <laughs> have to mention that. got a bit of a mop happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you're not alone in that. A lot of guys have had super long hair. Um, I actually cut my dad's hair the other day because... Really? Yep. (laughs) Uh, That's how it is. But, um, yeah, have you been doing any hobbies? I know last time we talked about some of your hobbies outside of dentistry, but have you been able to do anything that's not so study-based? Yeah, so all the bouldering gyms are closed right now. Yeah, Um, that's a (laughs) One of my friends sent me a video of um, some rock climbers climbing around their kitchen. I don't know if you've seen that around. Oh, like kitchen parkour? <laughs> like they like climb around their benches and all that and they kind of set their own courses by doing that. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't tried that because <laughs> I imagine that would make my landlord very angry. Yeah. Also, probably a safety hazard considering yeah, it's the kitchen. Definitely. I mean, yeah, probably not the best thing to do. But no, instead I decided to try to learn how to handstand. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that would be a good way to um, minimise damage to the property and injury <laughs> to myself. Um, but you wouldn't be able to say, <laughs> so <laughs> don't try this at home or try it at home. You know, it was supposed to be at home. But uh, <laughs> about a month ago, I kind of misjudged the distance between <laughs> myself and the wall. <laughs> and I might have rolled into the wall and put a hole in it. <laughs> like, so, actually, yeah, yeah. like, I'm not joking. <laughs> like, that's what happened. <laughs> And yeah, you guys can't see either, but um, Calvin's looking to the side at the hole in his wall. Oh, I'm showing Elaine right now. I'm trying to show. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's a much bigger hole than what I thought. 
That's a big <laughs> hole. That's a big <laughs> hole. Um, um, Snakely, you put your keyboard in front of that. Smart. <laughs> I, I have it. come clean already. It's just that was that was a coincidence. Moving <laughs> the, the piano to cover the hole. Oh, uh, yeah, guys. So maybe if you're trying to learn how to handstand, find a more solid ball. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or don't be as weak as me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always good to hear. Um, yeah, I'm same as myself. I've been just watching a lot of stuff as usual. Not much has changed since last week. Sorry, guys. I mean, it, it is isolation. Like, how much can I do? <laughs> how much can we all do? Um, but, yeah, aside from what's been happening in ISO, um, what have you been really grateful for during this time? I think the the first thing that comes to mind is technology, for sure. The internet. Yeah. Oh, the internet. What would we do without the internet? <laughs> no joke. Like, I remember, like, well, we obviously grew up with the internet, but even growing up as a kid, having a bandwidth of, what, like, two gigs? Do you remember mm-hmm. those days when you'd only have two gigs and you'd have to, like, limit the amount you use each month? Yeah. Otherwise, it would yeah. get capped and then you'd be on, like, a one kilobyte a second internet for the yeah. rest of the yeah. month. Yeah, like, those times, like, not exactly, like, the dark ages back then, but imagine having only two gigs of internet during this know, ISO period. You'd be I done know. within the first morning, if yeah. not. Um, and obviously the benefits of being able to do things like this, talk to like family and friends through Zoom and calls and all yeah. that, like it kind of, it means that you feel, you still feel connected with everyone. And I think that's an important part of all of this, just kind of sticking yeah, together. And you, you and Brie mentioned that last time as well, just mm-hmm. kind of making sure that you're still like reaching out to people and not just being alone in this time. Yeah. yeah. And I think since um, since all, everything has moved online, a lot of people might not know, but you and Brie especially have been in a lot of Zoom meetings. Oh, yes. It seems like there's pretty much one every day, every second day. Yeah. I just <laughs> so, moved from yeah. a Zoom meeting to this one. <laughs> just Exactly. Yeah. So even though nothing uh, well, on from us, maybe, we don't really see that much is going on. Um, I know a lot of the staff and a lot of the people in society have been working really hard behind the scenes because this is such a huge transition to make and there's so many considerations that have to be put into place um so yeah thanks again i said thanks to brie last time but thank you calvin for working for the student body we really appreciate it no worries it is a pleasure <laughs> okay yeah probably not part of the job description that um, no it wasn't coming in. <laughs> pandemic was um, certainly not yeah how to be president of a society during a pandemic <laughs> there we go um okay so for today's topic i haven't mentioned it yet but it is another important one so last week we obviously had mental health um this week is another huge issue that i think for us especially since we are both of similar racial and cultural heritage um a lot of these issues have been making news headlines lately uh, even in australia which i was actually kind of surprised to see because i thought that in australia we had been protected from this type of incidents occurring so if that doesn't give much of a hint um we are going to talk about uh racism today and especially speaking from um a perspective of being australian born chinese calvin i think you're chinese yes yes okay just yeah (laughs) oh that would not have been a great start to the podcast (laughs) if i was like oh yeah lol sorry um i can't tell what asian people are but anyway we'll get into that in a Mm. in a later part of the podcast so but before we start talking about that, I will um, chuck out a couple of disclaimers here. As always, you know, we're not experts in this issue. We're just speaking from um, our own perspectives, our own life experiences, and also um, 
because both of us are pretty unique in the sense that we have we are racially Chinese or racially East Asian uh, and we definitely look like we are Asian um, <laughs> but we grew up in Australia so we're kind of at the cusp haha <laughs> dental joke we are at the cusp between um, two different cultures so Australian and also being Chinese so it's a very unique position to be in and I think that we can provide some sort of insight into what we feel about the situation and also in applying it to dentistry as well since in the dental school we are largely an Asian population and in fact we have a lot of students from overseas from uh, Singapore and Malaysia in particular so yeah that's an interesting topic that we thought that we would raise today um, because it is becoming increasingly relevant and also something that I know I'm very passionate about um, Calvin I'm sure you're pretty passionate about mm -hmm. as well yeah <laughs> um, yeah so stay tuned for that one but we'll talk about that after a quick break Ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> Can we keep that in, Chris? No. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know but, where they came from. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that that was the intermission music. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um. A quick word from our sponsor today, Wright Evans Partners. Um, thank you to Wright Evans Partners for being a sponsor for the Adelaide University Dental Students Society and also a sponsor of this podcast. Right, if you didn't know, Wright Evans Partners are offering financial advice for graduates and also current students, especially during this COVID-19 situation. They are offering financial advice for us um, and that is in relation to a couple of the government schemes in place, including JobKeeper and Jobs seeker so get in contact with um, the society and we'll send you to a person from Wright Evans Partners to give you that advice today. Wright Evans Partners are also proudly sponsoring Sleep Out which is back again this year for its eighth run. Join us for a whole new version of Sleep Out during this quarantine period as we're going to change things a little this time. Come join us for a fun-filled evening on 22nd of May, Friday, 6 to 9 p.m. We'll be having a fun Zoom sesh with many games like Scribble, Drawful and House Party and attempting challenges together. Sleepout seeks to increase awareness about common outreach, dental clinic and homelessness as many in Australia aren't able to live comfortably and receive the support they need. Common Outreach Dental Clinic is entirely funded through donations and a little goes a long way. Any donations can make a difference in helping the community receive free dental treatment at the Community Outreach Dental Clinic. Check out the event page up in the ADSS group and your respective year pages and we hope that you're able to join us in this meaningful cause during this tough time. Attendance is free if you have a sleep out profile and fundraise more than $5. Fundraiser profiles are up on the ADSS website and any amount donated is greatly appreciated. Come join in for the fun, take a break from studying and being socially distant from one another and win some prizes. You deserve it. Hope to see you guys on the other side. Okay, so we've talked a bit about um, this topic as well and also about your history, Calvin. But um, So you are from Melbourne, um, but currently you are stuck in Adelaide. Um, wouldn't say stuck in Adelaide, yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, chose to stay in Adelaide. Um, so you are apart from your family, but also um, you grew up in Melbourne and you grew up, mm. were you born in Melbourne? Born in Melbourne. Born yeah, in born in Melbourne. Um, so what I wanted to ask you uh, first when we get into this topic is what was it like growing up in Melbourne as an Australian-born Chinese? Well, I think growing up, I didn't really think about it too much. I guess it's just a bit of background. Um, both my parents are Chinese and they're both from Malaysia. 
Um, Mum moved to Australia when she was 10 years old and dad moved when he was 16. So I guess mum has been here for the most part of her life as dad was more kind of had to integrate during the end of high school and all that. Um, but growing up in Melbourne, I'm not sure what it's like like everywhere else in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, throughout primary school, maybe even halfway through high school, it's not something that I thought of that much. Like I always just identified as Australian. And I think a large part of that is because my parents kind of raised me almost like as an Australian, being, <laughs> being in Australia for that long. And I, and I was thinking about it um, when you sent me this thing. And I've also thought about it in the past, but I think for us second generation um, ABCs, it's, you kind of split off into two categories, I'd Mm -hmm. say. Like one is the the child that's kind of like grows up and learns how to speak Chinese almost fluently, I would say. Like goes to Chinese school every, what, Sunday? Is it Saturday or Sunday? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, I, well, I guess unfortunately from my perspective now, did not actually learn Chinese as a kid. And mm-hmm. subsequently now I'm, I'm a unilingual English-speaking Australian. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I guess that kind of puts me in a bit of a unique position in which I'm not exactly... I don't really feel like I'm just a Caucasian Australian, but I also don't feel like I'm yeah. in touch with my uh, Chinese background. Um, and that's something that, yeah, I thought about more when coming to Adelaide, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know where I was really going with that. <laughs> something that yeah. I actually wanted to mention before was when you assume, when you were trying to figure out, like, you were like, oh, are you Chinese? Or yeah. I think um, this is kind of my viewpoint on this. Like, I think it's good to have a balance between being too sensitive and insensitive in a way Mm -hmm. like because I see that obviously there is a place for political correctness and all that it's just kind of common manners and being polite to people but I think there's also the extreme of some people taking it a little bit too far and being a little bit too sensitive with the issue Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what your thoughts are Elaine I do feel that um I think also when you're sort of the same race or you come from a you know by assumption you would assume that you come from a similar cultural background um you sort of get like a free pass to ask those sort of questions like oh you know like Mm. where are you from or what type of Asian are you um I kind of understand why people get a bit offended when it comes from some someone else from a different race Mm. um obviously this also depends on the context like some people are genuinely you know curious about where you're from or they might notice especially for I think us because we have an Australian accent um they might be curious as to like oh wow like your English is really good like um how did how did it come to that you know if it's if it comes from a place where they're just genuinely curious and I think that personally I think that's fine um obviously there are times where you can feel or you can tell that someone is being judgmental about what you sound like um you know like I've been pretty lucky to go to a lot of countries internationally and in Australia like people have kind of come to terms that there are Australian born Chinese around um it's kind of like accepted especially in the big cities but when you go to a lot of the international countries it's a lot more difficult for them to understand that there are 
uh, Chinese or Asian people who live in other countries were born there, grew up there, you know, in lots of cases like um, yourself and also me to some extent, you know, we're actually quite detached from our Chinese heritage. Um, and they're actually, I don't know, we'd probably be more, I guess, Australian than mm. Chinese. Um yeah, for some people overseas, it's really difficult for them to understand. I, I went to some countries and people would ask my family, like on family holidays, like, oh, where are you guys from? And then we'd say, oh, Australia. And then they'd be like, oh, no, like, yeah, okay, but where are you from? Like, what do you, yeah. like, where are you really from? Like, and that's the classic second question. Yeah. yeah. That um, we we'll usually get. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you can't really blame them for that because I think mm. a lot of people outside of Australia don't really see um, that what Australians look like. It's pretty much just a stereotypical Australian, you know, blonde head, blue mm. eye. That's what, that's the... We ride kangaroos that, to school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they don't really see the whole other side of it, you know, how there is actually quite a significant Asian population, not even only Asian, um, a lot of other um, racial, ethnic backgrounds in Australia, and that's what makes Australia, you know, so diverse. You know, that comes up more and more how Australia is multicultural, but it is difficult mm. for other people, other other people to see that outside of Australia, I think. And I think on that topic of, like, multiculturalism, in primary school, like, I'd always hear about how Australia is so multicultural and mm -hmm. how that, that was, I guess, not, well, I guess a, a key feature of Australia. Like, the Australian identity was kind of based on that in a way, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that I didn't really, that didn't really register well with me as a kid because I was just like, well, isn't everywhere else like this because I hadn't been anywhere else. Yeah. But I think, as you said, like traveling overseas to different countries and stuff, you really do see how multicultural Australia is. Yeah. Like, just from how many different types of food restaurants there are, all the different cuisines you can get that you take for granted. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as you said, the kind of just general knowledge that there are um, Chinese born Australians, Australian born mm -hmm. Chinese. Yeah. Um, around, or for that fact, like in America and Canada as well. Yeah. And how did you find growing up in Adelaide? Um, so I actually, I was always conscious of the fact that I was different and that I was Chinese, um, probably because I'm not sure what it was like in Melbourne. Also, it depends by suburb. But yeah. in the suburb that I grew up in Adelaide, um, I was also first generation. So my parents came over. I think my mum was like 24, 25. My dad was um, 30 something. So it was later on in their um, life. So they were pretty much like already grown adults by the time that they came here. Um, so we also came alone. So it was just my parents. That was it. All the rest of my family are uh, from Shanghai and China. Um, mm. So the, no one else came over with them. It was just my parents. So when I grew up with my sister, we grew up in a pretty middle-class suburb where I still am at my mm -hmm. Um And it was I even did like a study on my suburb when I was in year 11. I think there was like 20 people in my entire suburb that was of Chinese background. And just think about the fact that four of them is my family. <laughs> so um, I remember in my primary school, I was the only Asian person growing up. Um, there was a couple that came and went, but there was no Chinese. There was a Japanese girl. I think there was some Filipino, some a half Filipino boy and but if you're looking from appearances wise, you could obviously tell that like my sister and I were the only Asian people um, in the entire school. And this continued for me up until about year 10 in high school. 
And that was when we had a huge influx of international students. So we had heaps from Hong Kong um, and from China. And that was my, yeah, I got really excited when that day happened Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, yeah, like some people who look like me. But before that, it was always (laughs) just me. Like I was always like the Asian one, the one with, you know, the weird food, like, looked weird did you ever have I don't know if you had this in primary school but I had so many kids come up to me with that joke where they were like pull their eyes yeah I think like we make actually, them slanted I think we had like different experiences growing yeah. up yeah um I'd say that from from my primary school and high school um there were a lot of Australian born Chinese around mm-hmm. and not just Chinese like Vietnamese as well yeah yeah some Japanese a couple of Koreans as well so I feel like a lot of us were in a similar cultural position in which... Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's only natural for people to want to be friends with people that are similar to them. So mm-hmm. I guess a lot of us would gravitate together and kind of have our own our own groups. And I think that's a large part, that's a large reason why I didn't necessarily notice it notice as it, much yeah. growing up. But certainly the transition from high school to university, um, you know, kind of, the period of growth and all that <laughs> and reflection. <laughs> um, I did, I, that's when I did notice that, wow, I've been surrounded by people in a similar situation to me my whole life. Yeah. And then moving to Adelaide, I feel like there were a lot less um, people like ABCs around, mm-hmm. um, particularly with the smaller cohort, of course. But I think just in general, there was a, a smaller population here in Adelaide than compared to Melbourne. Yeah, there is, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had the um, the opposite experience. So when I got to BDS, I was like, oh, my gosh, like there are so many Asians. <laughs> I was I didn't even understand what was going on. Um, I also went to an all-girls school. So when it yep. was like Asian guys, I was like, whoa, like this is actually like this exists. Like this exists. <laughs> I had met Australian-born Chinese girls before. Like yep. I can count. I met like there's what there was one in my um, school who came in in year 10. Um, so I had met people like that, but I never met the guy yeah. version. So I was like, whoa, like this is like the a, guy a edition. Whole, this is a whole, <laughs> special yeah, edition. <laughs> this is like a whole new experience for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's interesting for you how you thought that there was less ABCs. And I yeah. thought, because yeah. yeah, I think just this is, might be just an Adelaide thing as well, because Adelaide is um, pretty much like, you know, rural compared yeah, to more, Melbourne. And yeah, I'm not too sure, <laughs> actually. Um, there was, so when I, so my first year in um, uni was in Melbourne Uni, and I actually yeah, yeah, made I a friend there that was from Adelaide um, from the same year as me. We graduated 2014. Oh, wow. So he had come to Melbourne to study. Uh, he did very, very well in his high school studies and all that and got like a scholarship at Melbourne Uni. And so wow. he was guaranteed a spot in med afterwards. And I don't think he has very good opinions of Adelaide, but I think he describes possibly a similar situation mm-hmm. to yourself in which he was the only Asian, for that matter, around in his school. Yeah. And he was, he always, he would always tell me how he felt out of place in a way. And yeah. I'm not sure if you've touched on it, but did you, would you say you felt out of place? Yeah, I definitely school. felt out of place, but um, like I think, like you said, how there's kind of two ways that you can go. Mm. Um, I would say that as well. Like, there's two ways you can either be really whitewashed, for lack of mm. better word, yep. or you can become like super, super Chinese. Um, exactly. And that also depends on your, you know, family around you as well. 
Mm. Um, I was, yeah, I was similar to, uh, my Chinese is not very good. Um, but yeah, I did go to Chinese school, but then my mm. sister and I hated it so much that we forced our parents to stop taking us there. So we stopped <laughs> going when I was, I don't even know how old I was, like probably even before 10, maybe around 10. I think we um, are similar actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I did go to Chinese school for a year. Um, but that's when I was like yeah. eight years old or something. Yeah. yeah I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. I just remember I used to get so car sick going there and then I just hated it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I got to year 11 and 12 and um, so we get the option to do IB at my school and I chose Chinese as my language and so, I wanted to kill myself okay, because it's never mind. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I th- no, I think you would understand this feeling though. It's like you, you are battling against your Chinese side and your Australian side and yep. you, I, I always felt so guilty for the fact that I couldn't speak Chinese well. Exactly. So, yeah, So yeah, you said that you picked up Chinese in yeah. high school. That's exactly what I did. So, oh, there we go. Yeah, so in year eight, I looked at all the lists and, like, Chinese was an option mm-hmm. and I literally just thought I can't speak more than I – I can only count to ten in Chinese, not even with a good accent. <laughs> I was like, but I'm Chinese. Like, why can't I speak Chinese? Yeah. So that's when I picked it up as well and spent, I did it for year 12 and ended up doing it for five years. Wow, um, yeah. And despite, maybe I could have put more work into it, but despite all that hard effort, it didn't really seem to yield much in terms of um, general conversation abilities. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of, like, um, cross-cultural kids can understand this feeling where um especially like with your parents if you're not used to speaking it at home and also it's super hard to keep speaking you know that other language because then you're worried that your English won't be so good Mm. um so then you end up kind of this half sort of semi-understanding but you sound so obviously not fluent but you look like you should be fluent and then people outside seem to keep reminding you that you're Chinese or like you're somehow not Australian or more Chinese and Australian, but I don't think there is an answer to that. It's pretty much just like we're just both and also neither at the same time. Mm. It's like a separate sort of culture. Mm. Um, And I think you touched on that as well, like how in Melbourne where you grew up there would have been quite a strong like um, Asian-Australian community. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of, yeah, it's like kind of its own culture within itself, Mm. what I found. But I kind of missed out on that because I had either it was international students Mm. Or it was me and it was, like, the wider Australian community. That was the only two modes that I mm. knew that I knew existed until I got to dentistry and then yeah. I realised that they were, it was much larger than that. Mm. Um, and here's some professional advice for all future parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, when I was in year 12, we I did a subject called English language and we were learning about all the different um, ways that people use Australia, uh, English and Australian English mm-hmm. and all the different, like, Singlish and all that. And um, I don't know what study it was, but the teacher at the time told me that there was a study showing that um, children that grew up speaking, like, more than one language, so at least mm-hmm. being bilingual, um, did not have reduced English abilities compared to everyone else. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so don't be worried about your kids growing up with, I guess, an accent. And I'm yeah. sorry if they do grow up with an accent because this was not professional advice. 
<laughs> I can't even start the bed. No, I, I actually talked, I was talking to a patient mm. and um, she comes from Hong Kong and she had kids who were born here. And I was like, my one piece of, because you know how when you're sitting with your patient for an hour waiting mm. for yep. either like the radiograph room or anything. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, so like, how are your kids? Blah, blah, blah. The, you're the usual. And then I remember just saying, oh, keep speaking Cantonese at home. Yep. <laughs> and she was yep. like, oh, yeah, they can speak Cantonese. And I was like, good. Thank <laughs> keep goodness. it that way. <laughs> like, don't Their worry about them. Saved. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about them not being able to speak English because that usually comes anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, so, um, I, yeah, th- that's just another thing that I noticed coming into dentistry is that you probably noticed that there was a difference, you know, there's a huge influx in international students. And I also noticed how there was just so many Asian students in general. And Mm. um, I actually felt for the first time that I wasn't different, which is weird for Mm. me. Because I remember, yeah, like I had this huge K-pop phase, like prior to coming, yeah, I mentioned this before. Um, And I remember getting into BDS and being like, oh my God, I love K-pop. And then there was Mm. like 20 other people who said they love K-pop. And I was like, what? I thought this was such a great feeling. No, Honestly, I didn't yeah. like it. Really? <laughs> yeah. What? Because I thought you so... were searching for an for like a no. group with a similar identity. No, I think because for so long I'm used to being different. That's like mm. I I don't feel comfortable not being different. So That's I thought, yeah. So I yeah. was like, because when I was in high school and talking to all these you know typical white Australians about this mm-hmm. K-pop and how there's these guys who dance on the stage and wear makeup yeah. that yeah. was like a radical idea and then I get to BDS and it's like oh you everyone's know, you... been through that phase before yeah and in yeah. fact they're like more of a fan than I am and I was like <laughs> is that possible though yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it now but yeah I, that's yeah. probably the reason why I got over it so quickly as well because I was like okay this is like nothing right. new for anyone I've just thought it was new because I was so separated from it but yeah that was something interesting that I felt coming in um also i think just for listeners out there who don't come from a chinese background or a general asian background i think it's important to notice that even amongst asians there's a huge amount of diversity um and we talked about before how if some people ask you or like kind of assume that you're from one country usually that's china most people assume that you're chinese um it can actually be more offensive to some people than others um obviously this stems from the political landscape in asia as well um so yeah just something to note of that when if perhaps if you're curious about someone or where they come from um it's better to not assume that they're from some some place that you think that Mm. they are would you agree with me i agree i think that goes for every ethnic group yeah that's very true not just asian um, as I was touching on before, like, I would say personally, I'm not too offended if it does happen to me, um, because I try to give people the benefit of the doubt that they're just, mm-hmm. that's just their way of asking. Um, but it is true. I think a lot of people would take offense, um, with the second question of no, but where are you really from? I think, yeah. that, I think that, that second question can often, um, frustrate a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and also, um, yeah, whenever people ask me, I just explain the whole thing. I'm like, yes, I was born here in Australia, but my parents are from China, mm-hmm. and then that just solves yeah. the issue. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest issue for me, actually, with that question is more, like, if people ask me where I'm from, I'm literally just like, I'm Australian. Like, I haven't even, well, personally, I haven't even been to China 
before. Yeah. So it's just, it's always hard being like, um, I'm from Australia. Yeah. I can, I speak English. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And people yeah. always, some people seem to, yeah, not believe that. Which yeah. is a bit of a shame, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think it just comes from people not having exposure mm. to those types of yeah. cultures. Um, yeah, so we just thought it would be important to talk about this because um, it has come to light that there have been some negative situations um, surrounding uh, our university experience. Um, I think Calvin, you had a cuff something that happened to you not long ago. Actually, I just had it two days ago. Yeah. Um, so I think, okay, so like in Melbourne, I think because of the suburb I was in, I wasn't really exposed to um, racism as much as I have here in South Australia. Um, but in my, I'm just going to backtrack actually. I completely forgot this happened to me, but I've just remembered. In first year, um, so I moved from Melbourne to Adelaide. I was living with my grandpa in the suburbs. Um, I've already forgotten. Glenside. I was living in <laughs> Glenside um, for a year. And on my first week here, I was just in the local um, local Coles, literally just getting groceries. I don't think I was really doing anything, <laughs> like, terrible. Yeah. And this guy just come, like just walks in front of me, this big dude. He's just like... Oh, stick on the right side. Like, don't you don't you know? Like, it's just common courtesy. Stay on the left. You filthy. Like, blah blah blah. Oh, and wow. I was and I was so scared because so the reason why I says I moved here and everything. I was a very very well. I still am. I was a very timid person <laughs> coming here. <laughs> I felt like it was an all a new experience to me, like living away from home. Like, and that just kind of made me more nervous of like just walking around. I don't know. It's yeah, been a while I since imagine. I felt like that. And I had a couple of incidences. I wasn't sure if it's because I lived near a psychiatric hospital, but there was, oh, <laughs> wow. okay. there was this other time that I was walking home at night. It was raining. And this guy ran up to me and was like, I'm going to stab you, you filthy, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, so, and I just got so scared. I just ran like across the street and he mm. started like kind of chasing me a little bit. And he was just like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And oh, then I was so like, scary. oh my goodness. So I just <laughs> ran all the way home. And those two incident incidences really like made me scared to like walk no, around I can imagine that would and be terrifying. talk to people. But anyway, I got over that. <laughs> and um, and I'm not saying that you should just get over it like I did. Maybe it would have been better to talk to someone about it. <laughs> but, yeah, just I haven't had anything like that happen for a while. But just two days ago, I think because of the COVID situation, I was just walking along Peary Street and some dude just started coughing, like, practically on me as I was walking past and I just ignored oh, wow. it. I walked past and then I looked back and he was just laughing. I was like, all right. <laughs> and yeah. I carried on with my day. So, um, yeah, I had a couple of uh, incidences pop mm -hmm. up. How about you? Um, yeah, for me, it's been a very, very long time since mm. that stuff has happened to me. Uh, for me, it wasn't so much strangers who would come up to me, but I had a lot of, I guess, side comments from classmates or things like that growing up and probably because they don't even realize that what they're saying might trigger something but it would start you know from a kid it'd be like oh like what are you eating like that smells disgusting mm. and then i know for ages i wouldn't bring food 
like just well, I would have the food. I wouldn't eat it. I'd just buy food um, mm. for a really long time because I was so embarrassed. Um, yeah, stuff like that. That's more of my experience growing up. Mm. Um, yeah, thankfully. I also just don't go outside that much. Hopefully why. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had people um, come at me. But I have... Look, yeah, this we was have... just my normal commute back home. This is just from the yeah. bus stop to, to home. Like I wasn't even... Like going out a lot. <laughs> this is yeah, just a, yeah. a normal walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. I did have someone on North Terrace one time, yeah. although it wasn't really racially directed, but it was, um, I guess it was, I'm not sure how to put this, but it was more of um, an attack because I was female. I think that was part of it as well. Um, but this guy, he just, like, said some comments as I was walking past. Um, quite disgusting, actually. And then I just, like, kind of kept walking and ignored it. And mm. that wasn't that long ago. That was beginning of this year. And I remember what I did is I messaged my friends, like, oh, my gosh, like, I, you don't know what just happened to me on North Terrace. And that immediately made me feel better. Um, mm. I think what we wanted to, the point that we wanted to bring when we bring this stuff up is that it's important not to feel like you were the one responsible for mm. someone else's derogatory comments towards you. Um, would you say the same? Yes, I think it's very important to realise that um, because it, sometimes it can feel like for some, I don't know why, but it feels like you've done something wrong. Or yeah, exactly. You don't, re you don't really, you're, you feel like it's kind of your fault for some mm -hmm. reason. Not necessarily black and white like that, but that's the kind of feeling that, I think I've had in the past if it's happened to me. Um, but yeah, it's important to to talk to someone about it for one and in a way also not let it affect you too much if it's just something that, you know, yeah. has happened because it's good to bring these things up but at the same time, like pondering over things too much and brewing over it and getting stressed over things like this is just negatively impacting your kind of well-being and it's kind mm -hmm. of not fair on yourself as well if someone they, they probably not even going to think about it again which is frustrating in its own, own yeah way. yeah but it's like they're just carrying on living their life and they've yeah i don't know what i'm not sure if i'm being clear of that like maybe you no can no that's pretty clear that. um yeah i think for me because i left i remember i didn't i just kind of kept walking and then i just didn't message anyone and then I thought about it and I was like okay that was really weird then I kept walking and I was like okay I don't know what just happened and then I just mm. you feel really disgusting mm. like you feel like yeah like you've said like you have done something or you have done something about you inherently has triggered this person to make these comments towards you so you're thinking oh there must be something wrong with me for this to happen um, obviously it doesn't really happen like that immediately for me. It kind of happened over a while. And then because I then talk to people about it and then often like when you talk to other people about this kind of stuff, they bring up similar situations. And then for me, that made me feel better as well. Like even talking mm. here today, how you've had your own experiences. Um, I think that helps because it shows that there are always going to be, you know, mm. pretty people sorry Chris you're gonna have to bleep that out <laughs> <laughs> around um so yeah it's not it's not nothing to do with you it's everything to do with that other exactly. person but in the context um, of um dental students mm -hmm. and in the clinic there are things that we can do um I know that it, yeah yeah I know that multiple. and this has happened already yeah. um we've had reports of some people who have had some pretty racist 
experiences um, for either from their patients or if they're just walking along the mm. you know street. Um, yeah, Calvin, I think. And it's certainly, I believe, an ongoing thing that happens yeah. on a daily basis regardless of the COVID situation, mm-hmm. um, whether it be on the street, as you said, or in the clinic. And um, I think most of the time people just let it go in the clinic because you just want to get your treatment done and mm-hmm. make the patient happy and just move along with your day. And then compounded with the fear of like kind of being shown to, I guess, yeah. make a mistake with your tutor in a way. Like you, yep, and yeah. you, you think that you've yeah. done something wrong or like if you were somehow better, this exactly. wouldn't have happened, but that's kind of not. Mm. And I've talked to this to about, say, yeah. I've talked about this with some of my friends in the past, like just over the years. And I personally in the clinic have not, so far have not had any patient be racist towards me. However, there are plenty of my mates have had things happen to them. And I think a large part of it is I feel I feel like there's a pressure to have an Aussie accent as a clinician. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I have noticed that every time I go into the clinic, when I'm explaining things to patients, I will try to be as Aussie as possible. Yeah, no, me <laughs> and too. this is not, I'm not sure if any patients would ever listen to this, but most people, most of, most of the patient pool are so nice, but there are a couple out there. There's always going to be a few that, that are just quite nasty. And for those ones, when I identify them kind of subconsciously in my mind, I will try my best to just be Australian. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if that's something you've felt before, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I immediately like turn up the Australian. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, like, how was your day? And then I start talking about, I don't know, like using all the Australian slang. Yeah. Which I normally don't use. Um, use the broader Australian accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of mate, even though I don't really say mate that much. Yeah, I've said, I've been using the word mate a lot more. Yeah. And a bit of g'day. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Sit down, No, mate. exactly like that. Here you go, pretty- mate. She'll yeah. be right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really lucky that, yeah, mm. a lot of my, most of my patients have been lovely. Yeah. Um, and I think it doesn't help that, you know, some of these patients are coming in with pain and then um, they might be shocked yep. to find, first of all, that they're seeing a student and then second of all, they might feel that they can't understand you um, or they're finding it more difficult simply because a lot of our patients come from a very different um, cultural sphere than the rest of us, I think. Mm. So that's definitely something to be mindful of. Yeah, I think mm. what we're trying to say here is that it is important to speak up about it and yep. not brush it under the rug. And particularly when we do get back to the clinic this year, uh, we understand that there could be possibly more incidences of um, racial attacks on students and staff. Mm. Um, and that's something that concerns Bree and I going back in to all this. Um, SADs do have a zero-tolerance policy to discrimination. Um, We're not sure if it's publicly available now, but we've been told that um, steps, like these types of steps will be released, will be available to, uh, on my uni a bit later. And I believe Associate Professor Lekas is working on a um, a sheet that will also help out with this. Um, But essentially, if you do encounter any of 
these racial attacks, uh, it's important to report this to your tutor or a DA immediately, um, maybe as soon as the patient leaves. Um, after that, generally you can talk to patient flow and hopefully just get them off your books. Um, but it's important not to just let these kind of go and mm -hmm. go underneath the rug because everyone, like your tutors are there to support you. Um, it's better not to just, not to have to put up with it. Um, especially if you have a lot more appointments coming up, um, better to deal with it as soon as it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the main thing. Um, we also just wanted to give, uh, I guess, a bit of our own advice for if you know someone or you witness something like this happen to someone, it's just important to just be supportive of that person mm -hmm. if it does occur to them. Um, obviously, we're talking here about a more of a specific situation because we are Asian and this is just experience that we've had as Asian born uh, as Chinese no Australian born Chinese sorry <laughs> ABC is <laughs> yeah I kept messing that up yeah well. it's in the title of this yeah. pod ABC that's why it's there <laughs> um yeah so obviously this doesn't just apply just to these types of situations there can be lots of you know negative situations that can happen and what we're just trying to encourage people to do is not to brushed under the rug because I think it does come up later on um you know it ruins your day mm. when this stuff does happen and you know it can even go longer than that it can ruin you know a lot of things um when something like this happens so it's important that yeah just take note of it if it does happen if you do see something like this happening whether it's in the clinic or whether it's to your friends um yeah just try and be supportive of that person and make sure that they know that even if you know I think the knee-jerk reaction is when this happens to you just to brush like oh like oh I'm fine like nothing happened like that's fine mm. um you know it's okay it's very much okay if you're not fine about it and if you do need like if it did did affect you in some way and I think if you're either the witness of something like this happening or if it does happen to you yeah don't be afraid to talk to people about it talk to your tutor talk to the relevant people and you know hopefully everyone will be here to support you to get through it, mm. I think is the main um, point we want to drive in. Yeah. And I think no matter what you do, who you go to about it, I think it's always important to keep a level head and stay calm. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to, especially if you're going to address the person that is making those types of insults. Um, I mean, I just remember, I think when I was growing up, um, I remember my mum telling me one time that she, she just came back from grocery shopping and she had, someone had been racist to her. But she, I remember her just telling me that she just smiled at the person, um, remained calm. And I don't remember what she said, but that's, that's what sticks with me, how she remained calm and just smiled at the person. And apparently that person kind of just was taken aback, didn't know what mm -hmm. to say and just kind of moved on. And whether it's on like an individual level like that or even higher up, depending on what you do in the future, um, it's important to not kind of bring yourself to their level in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think a that's very really important, important to make. Mm. Yeah. Such as discussing I, it on a podcast like this, I think is a good way to just kind of discuss yeah, these issues yeah. and all that. And we're not having a dig at anyone in particular at all. Like we're just talking about the matter because it's important to bring these things up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so a bit of a heavy one today, just yeah. like last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully you guys have stuck with us um, through to the end. We didn't get but, a Harry Potter segment, though. So no, maybe we didn't get a Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> well, Harry Potter segment, what do you think? Should we hold your wand in the, a modified pen group? For sure. <laughs> More yeah, control, obviously. you get the stability. Exactly. I agree with you, Elaine. <laughs> exactly. Also, chopsticks are superior utensil. Change my mind. <laughs> now, that's another juicy topic. Yeah. For another oh, that was podcast, another thing. <laughs> um, I remember going to, like, friends' houses as mm. a kid and then not knowing how to use a knife and fork. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was interesting. <laughs> it was the opposite for me. You didn't know how to use chopsticks? I've, I ate with a spoon and a fork for my whole life. <gasps> and I think this is very roundabout, but this is where... This is how this is where I fit in in a way. It's like yeah, like my real more Chinese friends be like, how can you not use chopsticks? I had some mm-hmm. Caucasian friends that could use chopsticks as well, and I get mocked for not being able to use chopsticks. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I use a spoon and fork at home, and I didn't learn. How, my parents didn't teach me how to use chopsticks. It was my uncle that taught me eventually. Um, yeah. Fun fact is when um, my little cousin was being born and he took me out for, he took us to dinner and he was just like, oh, do you want to learn how to use chopsticks? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're picking up rice grains a lot. But yeah, it, it's just so weird. So like, weird. yeah, I, these things just, you just yeah. fall in the middle. It's weird. And I, and, okay. Even to, to continue on this topic <laughs> yeah. of chopsticks, I remember I went to China when I was like, I don't know, I must have been around 10 again for just mm. to visit family and I was using chopsticks and um, my sister and I got roasted because we were using chopsticks wrong. So Not the traditional way. <laughs> yep. So uh. it was just, yeah, I remember them like laughing at us mm. and then that was just like ironic because, you know, we couldn't even use knife and fork and now we can't even use chopsticks oh, properly. But I swear those that, the people that are best at chopsticks are the ones that don't use the traditional way. I swear. Like, really? Yeah. It's like. <laughs> That, that way where it's, like, held crossed. like No, the, the cross way is not right. Yeah, that's – I swear those are the people that can use it the best. Like – Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah I, I, actually, like... I actually use the traditional way now. Well, yeah. actually, because that's the way I was taught. And Which, I'm... guys, but just for reference, it's, like, the modified pen grip. Yeah. And you just have two things instead of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know because um, – yeah, well, it's just interesting about the use of chopsticks. Yep. Um, and I think, yeah, this just goes to show that even though we all look or we look one way, it doesn't mean that culturally we are. And we're both Australian-born Chinese and we've had... Exactly. Not completely different, but fairly different, mm-hmm. like, experiences growing up. Yeah, yeah. and I think it, that's just across, you mm. know, it's across Adelaide as well. I have people from other parts of Adelaide who probably experience different things, people mm. from Melbourne also very different and sydney um although you guys have had a much larger um asian population for a longer period of time than mm. adelaide um, nowadays it's very different i know even um in the last literally in my time in bds the city has changed so much i remember in high school i used to go to Rundle mall and i was like the, my family and i were the only asians there and now it's mm. like almost flipped at this point which is very weird for me to see Mm. um but i can also see it from the perspective of um quote unquote a like aussies um Mm. or like white aussies how this might also be quite you know a change for them as well like seeing how there's a lot more 
you know, influence. There's a lot more um, people coming over. We have so many international students. Um, yeah, so I can kind of see how for some people it might be like quite shocking, might be quite jarring. Um, and this translates not in the best way, I think, that the way that they're expressing this. Mm. Yeah, so it is, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a difficult situation. Yeah. It's a bit of give and take, isn't it? A lot of yeah. it's just being aware of like kind of what your own natural um, knee-jerk reactions would be Mm -hmm. so that you can better understand like other people's points of view exactly i think it's yeah it's pretty important (laughs) for a society to actually function um but obviously that's something that um we're all always trying to improve on exactly and uh that's why the world is the way it is (laughs) (laughs) That's why Donald Trump's president. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. Look, we're not going to comment <laughs> on the yeah. situation in um, America. But, yeah, it is quite sad to see. I know in the news articles even, like, people are accusing people of being Chinese and then you read up who and they're not even Chinese, mm. um, which doesn't justify it if they were Chinese. But it just goes to show that there's, you know, just don't act in this way, please. And... Um, if it does happen, it's real. It's nothing on you, and it's everything on the other person. Yeah, it's everything on the perpetrator. That's that's the word that I've been trying to think of <laughs> this entire time. Perpetrator. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, that's pretty much um, all we've got for today. Did you want to add anything else, Calvin? No, I think it was a heavy topic, but it was yeah, it's heavy topic. It was, it was fun to talk about, and I hope we haven't offended anyone in the audience. Yeah, that's the last thing we want to do. If we have, um, just uh, drop us a message and we'll be happy to entertain (laughs) you with our thoughts. Exactly. I love a healthy Mm. debate as well. Um, I think that's the thing, another thing that people are afraid of doing is to like raise, speak up their voice and Mm. at risk of creating some sort of conflict. Um, I would say don't be afraid of that. Like if it's on reasonable grounds and um, if it's just starting out as a discussion, like why not have it? Exactly. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) Good luck with the online learning, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Get um, on those ILAs. Exactly. Whatever you guys guys have. Yeah. (laughs) If you do have any concerns, um, contact your year reps. I'm losing my voice. No, I'm not sick. Um, (laughs) No flu-like symptoms over here. Um, Yeah, contact your VP and president um, if you have any issues. That you might I think have. we have the sleep out coming up coming up soon. We do. Yep. Um, so I mentioned that last time, but we are moving to an online sleep out this time, and I think it's held on May twenty second. I remember that because it's my birthday. Just uh, a heads up to what everyone. What better way to spend <laughs> your <kidding>. birthday? <laughs> yeah, so sleep out is on May twenty second. So in a couple weeks time, um, there is a Facebook event open currently on Facebook. Uh, I think later today, although you guys won't even notice, it would have been way in the past. I won't mention today's, <laughs> but there's a couple mm-hmm. specialist society club activities going on. Um, there will be every week. Student Affairs has a vlog, um, and I've really been enjoying them. So mm-hmm. good job, student, the Student Affairs team. Um, have we got anything else coming up? Not so right now. But please get around the sleep out. Make a profile, or if yeah. you're not going to make a profile, please donate to those that will be sleeping mm-hmm. out. Um, people are not necessarily going to be sleeping 
outside as they usually would given the current situation but they will be sleeping in a place that's not their bed and hopefully a little less comfortable than usual mm-hmm. um if you don't want to sleep out feel free to join the zoom meeting that night we are going to have some online board games up and maybe just it'll just be a chance to catch up talk maybe have a drink over zoom <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be fun um, and yeah, and, and, and it's raising course. Yeah. yeah. So it's for um, Common Ground Dental Clinic, um, which did you want to explain a bit about what that is? Yeah. So they they'll pro- they provide free dental treatment mm-hmm. to um, essentially those in need. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also um, I think Margie is Margie yes. Stevens. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. she, if you. You may have had her as a tutor. Um, she's wonderful and she um, will be coming along to have a talk or a little yeah, chat with us Yeah, talk a little well bit about night. Common Ground. Yeah. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, so hope you guys are all doing well as always. Keep in touch with each other. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get more of these sort of negative racial incidences. So if they do occur, don't be afraid to voice that something's happened keep in touch with your friends support each other that's what we always want at the end of the day and um we'll see you next week for another episode which will be an interesting one as well we'll be talking about um the environment and also a bit from our insight committee um abby matha and shreing san who is a med student so stay tuned for that one next week and we'll see you guys then see you